1: Surprise your loved ones this Christmas with a goat gun, the ultimate gift that won't disappoint. Shop at goatguns.com. It's a holiday story. It's a family story. It's a story of thousands of twinkling lights and countless memories. A story of crackling fireplaces and candlelight Christmas evenings, where the sounds of sleigh bells and carols echo all around. It's a story of peace and togetherness, of glittering ornaments fragrant wreaths, and wide-eyed wonder. It's the enchanting story of a beloved tradition at America's largest home, with 250 magnificently decorated rooms, each with its own stories to tell. But all this can't begin to tell the full story of Christmas at Biltmore. Come walk in the footsteps of the Vanderbilt family and immerse yourself in a winter wonderland of endless holiday delights. Because as wondrous as the story of Christmas at Biltmore may be, It can never be complete without you. Plan your stay at Biltmore.com
0: Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle, free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Ravenslayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful, sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week, the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school, but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Chichi, a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Ladyboy Gigi, and tonight I have Paul with me.
2: Hey and, guys.
0: And Paul's come up with a topic for tonight, so I thought I'd let him introduce the topic for a change.
2: So the topic I want to do tonight is navigating a sex-positive landscape. And the reason I came up with this topic is because this past weekend me and Gigi just went to the Texas Kink Fest which was an amazingly beautiful festival with all kinds of kinksters and a lot of the festivals that we do there are a lot of kinksters there but a lot of the people there are not kinksters and we're doing education on a more basic level than we have to do out there and that's beautiful. I love being part of a collective that does sex education but it's a little bit different being in a group full of people who already know at least the basic tenets of BDSM, of sex positivity, of consent, of all of these kinds of things. And I also saw people that were brought there by friends of theirs who had never been to anything like that before. And I know for a lot of them, at least at first it was maybe a little bit intimidating. I think the people that I met that were a little bit intimidated at the beginning of the weekend, after the full weekend, when I ran back into them, they had found their comfort in it. But I know that at first it can be a little intimidating. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to introduce this topic in case there are any people out there listening that might find themselves in the situation at some point and
0: it's not just the kink community but also many different sex positive environments i know that i've been to everything mm-hmm. from bi conferences to pagan festivals to kink conferences to uh, just a whole lot of different environments to play mm-hmm. parties Mm -hmm. even to Jack and Jill social gatherings Mm -hmm. and sex parties. And Mm -hmm. each one's got a little different flavor. Uh, Each has their own set of rules and guidelines, depending on the type of play party or type of environment. Mm -hmm. But they all set up a very sacred, or many of them, a sacred space, but Mm -hmm. definitely a safe Mm -hmm. sex-positive space.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: I just kind of wanted to throw in some of the places that Mm -hmm. are around because there's so many out there. Yeah. Burning Man events, um, just many different regional Burning Man events all over the country and actually Mm -hmm. in many places of the world.
2: Oh, yeah. I heard Israel got their own... burn recently that (laughs) is actually going very strong I actually heard that at the Israel burn the thing that was really interesting is that there were a group of Bedouins that had no idea what was going on that just stumbled upon this thing in the middle of the desert in Israel and this is a bunch of Arab Bedouins that have a completely different culture, and they had no idea what to do with that.
0: Oh, I bet. (laughs) But I think if you're going for your first time, find out what the rules are. Mm -hmm. Each place has different guidelines and rules, and I know with Burning Man, they put out a survival guide, Mm -hmm. and basically it gives you all the tips and all the rules and their principles and mm-hmm. so in play parties usually have rules posted or mm-hmm. or at least somewhere they've got rules that you need mm-hmm. to kind of respect and follow. But a lot of them are very similar and
2: Well I know even at Kinkfest, depending on which camp you were in most of them didn't have rules posted for the camp, but you had to kind of get a feel for the camp that you were in. And
0: But overall at Texas King Fest, they have kind of the rules and guidelines for oh, the whole oh yeah, event. Yeah.
2: yeah, they definitely have the rules and guidelines for the whole event. But I know that things that we were doing in Clam Slam and things that we were doing in other places you know maybe you wouldn't want to do those in other camps
0: oh Um, yeah i mean different theme camps have different yeah activities
2: (laughs) yeah and i think so one of the best things i suggest when you first find yourself in a very sex positive space and you're trying to to navigate the landscape find people because when you get into a camp you don't necessarily know that the people that you're interacting with they might be from other camps and things like that figure out who the people who are running the camp is and talk to a few of those people and get a feel for what the vibe they're looking for in their particular camp is
0: and it's perfectly okay to go up to someone in the camp and say, I've never been here before. Can you kind of show me the ropes, tell me the guidelines for your camp?
2: Exactly. No, that's great. And it's a thing that's hard for people that might be a little more shy or something like that. But what I found at Texas KinkFest to be true is that One of the nice things about kink festivals is even if you are a natural introvert, I don't happen to be one, but if you are, many of the people there are also natural introverts. And in any given camp, there is the camp introvert. And if you are a natural introvert, you probably can figure out who the camp introvert is And it might be a little more comfortable for introverts to ask that person how they should act and behave in the camp.
0: And I don't want this to sound too complicated Mm -hmm. because, I mean, the rules are, you know, I've been to so many different events, and a lot of the rules are just your common sense, you know. Yeah. If someone Mm -hmm. says no, that means no, Mm -hmm. you don't pressure them.
2: No, yeah. Uh,
0: Basically, if you bring it in, take it out (laughs) Mm -hmm. when you leave.
2: Yeah, that's very important. And also be
0: respectful of people's Mm -hmm. scenes or what they're into, Mm -hmm. and don't interrupt something if if two people or three or more are Mm -hmm. doing some type of scene, whether it's sexual or BDSM observe, but give them their space.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I will say when I was first getting into the sex positive community, I was kind of thrown into it through a group of people. And I didn't actually understand what I was getting into until I was in the middle of it. And I saw a lot of things that looked like people randomly going up to other people and getting sexual gratification from that person. And it took me a little bit being in the scene to realize that all of these people knew each other and this was all stuff that was pre-negotiated. And from the outside, just looks like a free-for-all. But that doesn't mean that that's the actual case, just because you are in a place where, you know, unless you know the place that you are at is a literal orgy, and the rules are a little bit different there than they are most places, you should still interact, even if you have people all around you that are just going down on each other and it looks like it's nothing and all of this, y- you shouldn't assume that you can just walk into that.
0: And I think it's always important to get consent before you do oh, anything. Oh, yeah. I know. And consent can sometimes be, like, oftentimes, so. Walk up to someone and open my arms as if I want to hug, and if they embrace me and hug me, then mm-hmm. good, but if they just say, "Oh, I'm not into hugging and I mm-hmm. shake hands and but if for even hugging sometimes it's good to respect uh, people's oh yeah personal boundaries and space
2: i i mean i've I've been practicing even more than that because for a long time. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. And I've met a few people for whom even the act of opening myself up to a hug is still a bit triggering. I've been trying more and more to ask people, so are you a hugger? Do you enjoy hugs? And almost 100% of the time, but not always, I get a yes and then we have a good hug. And a lot of times those people are like, oh, you're a really great hugger. But what I've learned through doing that is occasionally I've when asking people if they're a hugger, when they say, no, I'm not really a hugger. When I give them a handshake, they give me a lot more respect because they probably would have hugged me if I had just gone in for the hug. Mm-hmm. But when I literally ask them, and they're like, no, actually, I I prefer handshakes, and then being willing to give them a handshake, sometimes for that person, that makes me more interesting, it makes me more, it opens the door for communications more than if I had gotten that hug from them.
0: Mm-hmm. And the rules, I don't want to get too tied down in all the rules because it sounds like it's this really difficult thing to figure out. Mm-hmm. And at first, it may seem that way, but people in these environments are very warm and friendly. And oh, yeah. They'll Definitely. be more than happy to mm-hmm. take you and show you the ropes, so to speak, and oh, yeah. guide you through the process. And so if there's any doubt, just go up to someone and say, hey, I'm new to all this. Can you kind of show me the ropes? What's the guidelines here?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: And it never hurts to ask up Mm -hmm. front. And that way you don't do something Mm -hmm. by mistake that kind of goes against the grain, so to speak.
2: And I, I think that a lot of times people think, It's kind of adorable, especially when I can clearly tell the person is into me. And when I can tell that they're into me and I'm super duper into them, but I still keep on asking every step of the way. I think for a lot of the people in the scene, they find that endearing. They find that they would not be offended if I just assumed I could do x y or z after we've gotten to a certain comfort level. The fact that I keep on questioning, can I do this? Can I rest my hand on your knee? Can I stroke your knee a little bit? Can I rub you a little bit? Can I you know, and then it gets to things like, can I nuzzle your boobs, and you know, things like that. And I, one of the things that's I really love about this whole culture is I don't particularly feel like I have any game. Like I, I just naturally don't have game, and I know that. But what I've learned through consent culture is that i can be like hey i know that you don't know that i'm hitting on you but i'm hitting on you right now are you okay with that and being able to say that out loud a lot of the times like that awkwardness people pick up on and that makes it even hotter for them it's it's a really interesting thing And I really like not sitting there for six hours on the edge every time I make a move, trying to decide whether the move that I'm making is okay at the time and just having to vibe and feel that like what I'm doing is okay. When I can constantly check in like, oh, so what I'm doing right now this is okay right is it okay if i do a little bit more okay great and then we do that for a while and then i enjoy that for a while before i go to the next step and you don't want to accelerate it too much you you want to keep it flirty and interesting and stuff like that but constantly checking back in with your partner and making sure what you're doing is okay until they finally say like whatever you do right now is okay aside from the things that you should definitely ask about which that's a whole new a whole different thing Once you get kind of where you can do most things, if you're wanting to do anything really exotic, like for a lot of people, it's the anus or whatever, those things you still have to check in on. But eventually, the person will let you know that they're down for what is happening right now. And then you can be a little bit less cautious. hmm And
0: I've even gone into environments and kind of got to talking to someone and we got to talking a little bit about sex and really hot subjects. And all of a sudden I've had people ask me, well, would you like a blowjob? Or would you like to have sex? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that can happen, too. Sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, you just kind of hit it off. Yeah. And that's what I love about the Mm -hmm. sex-positive environments. It's a lot more communicative and a lot more open. And people are much more (laughs) free-spirited.
2: Oh, definitely. And I think that's one of the things about sex-positive communities is because more people are well-versed into the things that we're talking about. I think that the sex-negative culture that we live in puts people in this box where they feel like they're supposed to say no to most things.
0: Well, in a sex-negative culture, we've got this dynamic of males are the pursuers of sex, and Females are the gatekeepers, and that's one of the things I love about a sex-positive environment is that everybody's more on equal footing. Mm-hmm. It's not one sex is a pursuer, the other is a gatekeeper. It's yeah. everybody interacts and you do what you, and communicate about what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And in a sex-positive environment, the Communications are much more open. It's like I've had people specifically say, oh, Gigi, will you, will you use that paddle on me? I want you to go mm-hmm. really hard on me. Or mm-hmm. I want to do, can you give me a cupping or mm-hmm. a body massage mm-hmm. or a very erotic massage? And mm-hmm. people will ask specifically what they want. Mm-hmm. Or I'll go up and ask someone, hey, I would love to get a cupping tonight. Mm -hmm. And people are like, oh, yeah, we'd love to give you a cupping. You do so much. Uh And so I think part of the process is different in a sex-positive environment. We talk Mm -hmm. a lot more openly, and and so it's a lot easier to communicate when you have a whole community that's open-minded and very communicative about, Sex and sexuality, whereas in the sex negative culture, mm-hmm. we're not, we don't communicate those things well.
2: So, one of the things I really loved about Kinkfest was so I don't really designate myself as male, I'm non binary, but I was born with a penis, I was raised as a male most of my life, and Most of the people who are raised male most of their lives and have that kind of male energy, they think of sex as very black and white. Either they're having sex or it's just a tease. And what I really liked about being at KinkFest was I got teased in so many beautiful ways because I opened myself up to the tease Knowing that what was happening in that moment wasn't ever going to lead to sex. And
0: what do you mean by the tease? (laughs) Well, I mean,
2: so I got to... So it started with me giving lots of massages. And for, for me, because I am a service submissive, I got a certain amount of pleasure just out of touching another person's body. And for most of them, it was their non-erogenous zones. But for a few of them, it was also their erogenous zones. Ah, And for a few of them, it was not quite their, you know, like their boobs, but not their nipples. You know, like, we were able to negotiate what was okay and what wasn't okay. And we were both happy with what happened. Mm -hmm. And... Because I'm not stuck on this, like, either I'm getting laid or nothing, like, mentality. I got so many different kinds of play out there. And I even, you know, I I got laid once. That was the culmination of it all. That was great. But everything leading up to that was also beautiful, even though it was not leading to towards actual quote unquote sex. But it was it was all erogenous, it was all really hot. We were all turning each other on and knew it. And like everyone was okay with everything that was happening.
0: I think part of it is that oftentimes at these events people there's still a little bit of confusion between getting erotic and getting intimate. And you can become very intimate through touch. I've given many Mm -hmm. intimate body massages. And then I've also given some very hot erotic massages. Mm -hmm. And it's specifying to Mm -hmm. a person, would you like it erotic or intimate? Mm And being intimate, it's it's a different energy. It's how you touch. It's mm-hmm. the way you work with their body. And I think one thing I'd like to say is that I've been running Temple a long time. And that's see a lot of new people come into it. And it's like for many of these, they've got this goal, oh, I want to get laid. And I'll walk up to them and I'll say, hey, come here a minute. Let me talk to you. Why don't you try something a little different? Mm-hmm. Instead of just trying to get laid, why don't you open the door to a whole new experience and see where it gets you? Why don't you explore just being intimate at first and meeting people and getting to know them? And I think that's one of the differences of a sex negative culture is that when we go out to get laid, it's like we're looking at people more as sex objects. Mm Mm-hmm. But when you kind of develop this attitude of, oh, I want to get into some intimacy and really get to know a bunch of people. And if sex happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. If it goes somewhere, great. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, and go in with no expectations, just Mm -hmm. except for the expectation of, I want to get to know some of these people. Mm -hmm. And then it can take off and so many beautiful directions. I've made so many friends and Mm -hmm. connections at an intimate level that have been very powerful and spiritual.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. And I remember when I first got involved in temple, I will admit the lizard part of my brain (laughs) thought I was going to get laid more than I, I do in temple. and. That's just not, it happens sometimes, and when it does, that's great, but that's not what I'm looking for anymore, and at these events, it's not what I'm looking for anymore. I may be able, this last kink fest I did happen to have a, a beautiful night, was a beautiful woman, one of the nights, and that was great. That doesn't happen every time I go out to one of these events, but it happened to happen this time. And if that was my only goal going out there, maybe I could make it happen more often. But the connections that I make by following your guidance and doing temple and because I am a service submissive, and I am here to serve the community, and I'm not here to serve my own wants and desires and needs, I am here to serve other people. If my desires and wants and needs happen to line up with another person's wants and desires and needs at the same time, that's great, but that's not why i'm here
0: Mm -hmm. and for those that aren't service submissives the same principles apply it's go in and really seek out becoming intimate instead of becoming sexual all at once Mm -hmm. and that can be such a powerful change and i think oftentimes we set goals for sex and when we can learn to kind of put the goals away and really just experience the process Mm -hmm. and really connect with one another, eventually you will get laid, trust me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Uh, what's even more...
2: And the thing is, you will get laid more often the less you focus on getting laid.
0: But the even more important thing is that you'll make connections within the community that are very powerful mm-hmm. and will help you grow and mm-hmm. develop as a more healthy person. And, you know, I've just seen this over and over again when new people come in, you know, I know how it is. You're horny, you want to get it off. And and it's like, yeah. And my advice is if you're really all that horny, Go to your tent, jerk off, Uh and then go out and just enjoy. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the intimacy. Take care of your sexual needs first Uh because you can. Uh And then let them happen when when it's supposed to happen.
2: And if you happen to be somewhere like Aphrodite's temple where we are, you may not even have to go to your own tent. You 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 could yeah. do it in the middle yeah. of our camp. We endorse that. we celebrate it. We, you know, put yeah, on a show can, for everyone. <laughs> in fact, uh, I've
0: put on several masturbation shows yeah. in the temple.
2: <laughs> yeah. Make an event of it, you know. And who I, knows? I, someone I think, oh, f- oh go ahead. Who
0: knows? Someone may love your technique and find it such a turn on. They may Mm -hmm. come up to you afterwards and go, oh, baby, you want to come with me?
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. I I remember the first time I masturbated in public. It was actually at one of the times we, we set up temple. And I remember afterwards, Gigi telling me, I had noticed you pleasuring yourself in the moment, I realized that as you were pleasuring yourself, you weren't taking from anyone. You weren't uh pushing that energy on anyone that didn't want it. You were just expressing yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a difference between being the creepy guy jacking off in the corner and like, watching people that everyone's kind of creeped out over rather than just letting all of the sexual energy run over you and just letting that feed your sexual energy. And then like doing your own thing instead of like focusing it on people who's, who may not want your sexual energy at that time. Like Mm -hmm. that's, A subtle thing, but it's a very important thing.
0: Oh, yes. And we're to our station break time. I do want to remind people to check out our website, com. We do have a new membership site. It's up and running. We also have training videos and a link to our Patreon page. We can always use support on this show. So far it's been mostly out of pocket and it would really help us out if you can spare a dollar a month or five dollars a month. That would go a long ways to help us continue to put out the show. And also check out some of the training videos. And we've got quite a few of them in a wide variety of Trainings, everything from BDSM to living a more sex positive lifestyle and learning how to become more sex positive and develop sex positive attitudes and values. Learning how to live a more freely expressive, sacred sexual lifestyle, free of guilt and shame embraces the beauty of sexuality. And so, we'll return to our topic. I know for me, I remember some of my first events. I remember my first bisexual conference. I mean, I drove a Honda 750 motorcycle all the way to San Diego (laughs) back in the early 90s. And I got there. I didn't know what to expect. And as soon as I walked in the door, someone came across the room and said, are you here for the bi-conference? You're a little early. I said, oh yeah. He says, I am too. Come on, let's go. Let me show you around. And it felt like I'd found kindred spirits and I didn't have to explain to anybody that oh, I'm not sitting on the fence. I have made up my mind. I like eating pussy and sucking cock. I love having sex with both boys and girls, and I always will. And it felt so at home for me. And then the first time I went to a pagan event, I mean, it was just such a beautiful experience. I felt like, wow, I found another home, (laughs) And it's just beautiful, more kindred spirits of a different flavor. And then the BDSM communities, I mean, and then of course the Burning Man events. Each alternative community I've taken part in, it's been a whole new adventure. Mm -hmm. And then I've gotten involved in the art community here in Houston. Mm-hmm. More so in the past than I have been recently, but that I have met change. amazing people. Uh-huh.
2: I said, then that will change.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I kind of am getting back into it with the warehouse. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think part of it is that there is this beauty in getting into and getting involved in some of these alternative communities that are really embrace the whole sex-positive lifestyle and embrace this whole concept of let's make the world a better place. Let's make our environment a better place and respect all genders and sexual expression.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) A hundred percent, yes. I, I, I mean, that's one of the things I've always felt is... I've always felt a kinship amongst the outsiders, the the people on the margins, because uh, that's where I've lived my life. were was on the margins, now on some pretty extreme margins too. I I've balanced poverty and also living in the lap of luxury at the the same time. Sometimes I tell people that I'm the richest poor kid that has ever lived. Cause I really am. I, I've I've gotten to experience a lot of really amazing things. I'm only experiencing more amazing, beautiful things. And I've rarely actually had what most people would call a regular job. I have just enough money to exist most of the time. And for me, that's okay. But but at the same time, I, I get to experience amazing, beautiful things that other human beings don't get to experience. And part of that is through me learning that one of the things that's amazing with BDSM and with sexuality and ex- and extreme sexuality, and especially as I've I've learned tantric sex techniques and things like this, is there are amazing things that your body can do that most people are unaware of that it's so hard to continue to do them because it feels so good all the time. And the work that you do is to work past how good it feels and to get to feeling even more bliss without, especially with me, without releasing, but The more that you can do that, like, the more of these amazing feelings that you can feel. And that takes zero dollars and zero cents in the world. You know, the most homeless person in the world could take these tantric techniques that Gigi has taught me and practice them and get to the same level that I am at. The poorest person in... Ethiopia could do the same thing and get to some of the same levels. Uh, I mean, depending on once you get into malnutrition, sometimes muscular atrophy happens. But anyway, almost everyone in the world has access to some of these things that we're talking to. This crosses barriers of wealth from the very very wealthy to the very very poor everyone can practice these techniques and get to amazing orgasmic levels uh, it just takes effort it just takes work and
0: it takes guidance and it takes <laughs>
2: guidance and luckily i have very very good guidance mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and that's partly why i put out some of the training programs on videos so that Mm -hmm. others can get the guidance to that. I may never meet you, but you can watch some of my training videos and discover, oh, here's some techniques I can try out. And a lot of these you can do either with a partner or Mm -hmm. by yourself. And it works either way. Mm -hmm. So you can discover new states of Consciousness and mm-hmm. new states of ecstasy.
2: <laughs> so, Gigi, I think we should get a little bit more back on topic.
0: Oh yes. Oh, we often wonder. But oh, that is I, on I topic. I mean I know. I know some of the con- I mean alternative communities, there's little pockets within some of these communities where some of these teachings are offered. I know uh-huh. at the Big Burn there's been Ishtar's temple uh-huh. for many years. I don't know uh-huh. if it's still running there, but they get into the tantric sex. And uh-huh. I know in Atlanta for many years, there I don't know if it's still running, but there was a sacred sex temple out of Atlanta uh-huh. that was going really great and teaching people these skills. So there's little pockets all over the place that but, but the, teach the,
2: one of the beautiful, principles. <laughs> one of the things that I think is beautiful is that we live in the time of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Some of the hands-on things that Gigi has taught me through his knowledge couldn't be taught on a YouTube video. But I would say about 80% of the things that Gigi has taught me exist on YouTube right now. And it's perfectly easy to look up. You know, if you start looking up tantric sex, and, you know, especially for the... what we're talking about with navigating sex-positive, sex-positive environments there are definitely videos about how to go about that because I remember being very new to the kinds of environments I've gotten very comfortable in right now. And I remember saying earlier that when I first came into these environments, especially for certain people, it it looked like it was uh just like a free for all they were groping and touching so many people and you know they would initiate orgies and all of this but what i came to learn after a while is those people had been in that place for a while they had been in that whatever group that i was in that was kind of based around that sex positivity they had been there for a while so when i saw them groping multiple people and initiating orgies and just starting debauchery like wherever they went that didn't that was a hard one thing that they did it wasn't something that they just decided to do overnight and then started doing, like they had to get a certain amount of comfort in whatever group that they were in.
0: And there's a lot of behind-the-scenes communication with those people. Exactly,
2: exactly.
0: And a lot of Mm -hmm. checking out each other's boundaries before they got into it. And and so at the surface, it looks like a free-for-all, but... But under the surface, there was a lot of Mm -hmm. negotiations and Mm -hmm. discussions before they got involved in it. And that's important to mm -hmm. negotiate and talk about before you jump in. And ask, you know, my kind of rule of thumb is ask before you Mm -hmm. uh, do something. There's no take backs. If you do something... Without asking, you can't take it back later. But if you ask first, then you may get a yes, you may get a no, and both are totally okay. I've had many no's, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and no is okay.
2: And I know as someone who is perceived as male, who a lot of times... I've had girls come up to me and just like grab my ass and things like that. And they are girls that I would love to come up and grab my ass. But because they just grabbed my ass with that my ass without asking, I still feel really weird about it. Like if they would just be like, "Hey, can I grab your ass?" I'd be like, "Yeah." And like I could Tell them, like, grab, like, a real hard fistful instead of this little passing group that they did. <laughs> and I'd rather them grab the handful, you know? Uh, but, like, and it's... The
0: important it, thing it, is to ask consent first.
2: <laughs> and it, But the thing is, also, when you ask consent, much more powerful things can happen after that point It can get so strong and so amazing.
0: Well, asking consent opens the door to informed consent. Yeah, you can grab my ass, but I want you to grab it like this. (laughs) Or I want you to do such and such. And you get more explicit and say, Mm -hmm. yeah, I want you to grab it and really get a handful of it. Or I, I, I just I want, want you a little... to grab
2: it with your teeth <laughs> and bite the shit out of it and shake your head back and forth and just or, like, tear the shit out of it.
0: Or it may be that, hey, I just want you to slap it lightly a few times. And both can be amazing experiences, uh-huh. but you get informed consent that's saying, here's what I want, uh-huh. and... So consent opens the door to a deeper conversation.
2: Yeah. And and one of the things I've also found in a lot of the sex-positive communities that I've been in is when I really go above and beyond with consent, where I ask every time I make a new move, like, "Is is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? And then I get to a point where like this is the maximum level that everything is okay and I can't go anywhere past that. A I've gotten to get to that level. If I had tried to make a regular pass at that person, they would have just turned me down. But mm-hmm. got a grope and I I got a few nuzzles and I and maybe even got to make out very shortly with the person whatever. But, like, I I got to the place where we were both on board and everything was okay. But the Mm -hmm. next time (laughs) I run into that person, they're comfortable with me. And so if we want to play more, then they're willing to go further more comfortably because they know that once we get to the place where they're no longer comfortable... I won't go any further,
0: well, I have a go i want to go a slightly different direction for a moment, okay I'd like you to share what was your first experience in an alternative sex positive environment, and how was that for you?
2: It was a very loud internal screaming. Because it was just way too much for me at the time. Mm. Uh, you know, it was like it just. It, yeah, it was. It was honestly way too much for me at the time. Because I purposely overstimulate myself, but I get overstimulated very easily, mm-hmm. and. I didn't know what to do with it.
0: Well, what was the first time you got into the sex-positive environment and it really took off for you?
2: I will tell you what that was. So my head was still screaming. I still didn't know what to do with it. But honestly, the first time I saw a real honest-to-God aftercare. Mm. And I like I was like, oh, like, this is part of it. Oh, they're, you know, they're taking care of each other. Oh, this isn't just, like, I allow you to give me abuse, and that's it. Mm-hmm. When I realized that there was, when I started, like, going down the rabbit hole, and realizing that there was a massive rabbit hole I hadn't seen yet. I had only seen the external parts when I realized that the people that I deeply cared about, they weren't just hurting each other. And my, my heart hurts when I see, at the time when I saw other people. Hurting each other. Now, when I know that it's consensual, it it flutters. It's a uh, you know, it's it's gone completely 180. But at the time, my heart hurt just to see anyone in pain, anyone in agony. Like that's I've always been that kind of person where I just always wanted to make everything better for everyone. But the first time. I saw a good Dom after a scene do aftercare for their sub. And I realized, like, not only were they taking this person up, but they were bringing them back to Earth, you know, Mm -hmm. calmly and softly and intentionally. It was the intentionally part that was like, oh, okay, now... Now I get what this is. Mm -hmm. Uh, It took me seeing someone doing aftercare to really get what BDSM is all about.
0: Well, we're coming up to the top of the hour. Is there anything else you'd like to share about learning about and navigating sex-positive spaces?
2: So, I will say, if you have lucked into finding this podcast and either you plan to eventually or you wind up eventually finding yourself in one of these sex positive spaces and you find yourself feeling uncomfortable. You find yourself Not knowing what to do. I would say the first thing that you should do is take a few deep breaths and center yourself. Focus only on your body as you breathe in, as you breathe out. Focus on your chest. Take a few deep breaths in and out. Don't focus on anything that is external to you. And observe what is going on, but understand the the context of what is going on. What you see happening in a scene in punishment, while it may look brutal, while it may look harsh, while it may be something that you even want to turn your face away from, Understand that as long as you are in a safe space where everything has been negotiated, what you are seeing has been negotiated between two adults who have a very good understanding of each other, who know how to communicate through their nonverbal communication. I know sometimes Gigi makes me just guttural you know scream and pain that doesn't mean that the feeling that i'm feeling is not a net positive it may hurt a lot at the time but we both know what we're doing and also you know look at the scenes that you're watching pay attention to both the body language of the sub and the body language of the DOM. As long as it seems like they're communicating together, they probably know what they're doing.
0: And not all alternative spaces are into BDSM. I mean, there's different environments and each offers something unique and different. So some of them are like uh, more sexually oriented, some are more uh, just into drumming and dancing, some are into the Mm -hmm. more intimate Mm -hmm. areas. But I think the beauty of all these alternative spaces is the connections people form Mm -hmm. and the deep, deep just amazing friendships I've gained over my lifetime with people all over the country
2: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> at these events. And mm-hmm. and I know people that, I have people come up now at pagan festivals, oh, I met you 20 years ago, you, you're so amazing, I love you, you changed my life.
2: would would you quickly tell the story of the boy in rainbow camp
0: oh yeah i had a i used to do a show on kpft on after hours it was the bisexual show at first and then i talked a lot about just sexuality and i had a boy at a pagan festival not long ago come up and said yeah when i was a Just first getting in touch with my sexuality, I heard your show and you gave me so much guidance on where to go and to. You made me feel like, oh, I'm not all alone.
2: You Uh, uh, helped me
0: embrace, huh?
2: The the part I wanted you to tell Uh. is that he used to listen to you on a transistor radio underneath his pillow. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where his parents could not hear while he pretended like he was going to sleep.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, I know that there's times where I just do what I do and I'm planting seeds and giving people alternatives and Helping them, because I know I went through that at one point in my life. I felt like, oh, I'm so weird. I'm such, you know, I'm so different. And now that I've learned so much, I wasn't all, and nobody's all that different. It's like, if you can imagine something weird sexual, Mm -hmm. it's not unique. Somewhere, somewhere, somehow there's probably groups of people into that.
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: So I think that's part of it is that mm-hmm. oftentimes we feel isolated and alone and oh, yeah, fortunately definitely. that's changing more and more with the internet mm-hmm. and with with so much information out there mm-hmm. that wasn't available 30 40 years ago. Oh yeah, definitely. So but I think on that note We're coming up to the top of the hour, and I would like to say, explore some new spaces. Reach out and get involved in something that you're into. I mean, there are so many groups out there, especially alternative groups, and check them out. I know at some of the larger Burning Man events, they have what's called theme camps, and There's so much to explore and check out. There's so many different things. You know, just... If you're into dancing, you can go to one of the camps that does dancing. If you're into music, they've got music camps. They've got art camps. They've got everything under the sun. So, whatever you're... Huh?
2: Spa camps.
0: Yeah. There's... If you have an interest area, go pursue it. You'll meet kindred spirits there. Others that are into the same kind of interest you're into. And you may find some new bonds that connect you and open whole new doors for you. So on that note, have a wonderful night. Explore those delicious feelings, those delicious pleasures within your body enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Good night. Have a good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.
1: Make this Christmas memorable with goat guns. Get the coolest miniature gun models for your collection. From historical classics to modern weapons, we have something for every firearm and hobby enthusiast. Surprise your loved ones with the gift of Goat Guns, the perfect blend of quality and detail. Shop now and spread the joy at GoatGuns.com.